For many of us, it's the most wonderful time of the year. But how do we make it best for our families and for our relationship to Jesus? In this message, learn from the Bible how to make Christmas the most wonderful time of the year. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 1. The Bible says, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born... We praise the Lord for that, don't we? You wouldn't be here without it. And a time to die. You won't be here after it. Let me just stop and say, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. There is a death date that is already set, and there's nothing you can really do to change that. It's a time to die. I I mean, you could fast forward it, if you will, but God still knows when that's going to happen. There's a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant. This is not really, though California doesn't have this problem like some places, uh, this is not really the time to plant. You don't want to be in the middle of Ohio right now planting. We were, Zane and I and Bern and John are, are reaching out to some guys in the police department, and we had a wonderful opportunity yesterday to watch the Michigan State uh, and the, or I'm sorry, the Ohio State and the Michigan play football yesterday, and we were deeply saddened by Satan winning another victory. And uh, anybody in our church go for Michigan other than Bernie? Yeah, did you really? Now, I just want to say congratulations. You're now two for the last 20 years. You've won, you've won 10% of the games, and so God bless you for that. But um, we, were, we were there in, in the office by the power of YouTube TV, watching that with, some, with a police officer and opportunity to just influence his life. And we had a great time. We were talking about Ohio. We're watching it, and it's snowing already in Michigan. And they, some parts of it, they probably have, you know, inches to feet of snow. This is not the time to plant in that part of the world. There's a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to harvest, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. When you're single, it's the time to refrain from embracing, just so you know. When you're married, it's the time to embrace. I should have had some married couples saying amen. So I'd be like, it was the other way around. I know, that's why the Bible has it this way. When you're married, it's the time to embrace. Yeah, when you're single, it's the time not to embrace, all right? A time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to rent and a time to sow, a time to keep silent. That's during church. Hey, listen, I'm going to take, those of you that weren't here, we had a lady last week just start saying stuff in the middle of service, and and I figure that I could keep that joke going for one more week, and I'm going to try. Uh, A time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Solomon, who is the, if you were to study Ecclesiastes, and your Bible, um, It says Ecclesiastes, if yours is like mine, or the preacher. Solomon is the preacher, and he's really giving his assessment of life, if you will, independent of God. 
He says uh, over and over again, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Time after time after time, he, he talks about the vanity of life. He talks about he, he had everything that his heart desired. Matter of fact, he says, I kept nothing back from my heart, whatever he wanted. He wanted, he wanted laughter, he got the best comedians. He wanted alcohol, he got it. He, he wanted pleasure, he got it. He wanted um, uh, physical fulfillment, if you know what I mean, he got it. There was nothing that Solomon kept from himself. And this is his testimony at the end of having everything that he ever wanted, vanity. When he had all the things that he, that he thought would bring him pleasure and all the joys and all of the, 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 the trappings, if you will, of this life, everything in this world, and he said at the end of it, it's all vanity. And then he concludes his, his message, if you will, he says in chapter 12, verse number 13, turn over there real quickly if you would. And it's really a, a powerful, what we would call an inductive message. He's setting the stage by saying, really, life is terrible. The world is terrible. We live in a terrible place. There's nothing good under the sun. And then he makes some statements and then 12 1 he says remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say i have no pleasure in them let me just stop and say what solomon is saying is what so many young people think is i'm going to sow my wild oats and when i'm old then i'll live for god solomon says that's the dumbest thing you could ever do because you're too old to enjoy them we have some wonderful older folks in our church and they would give anything in their life to have the energy again that they once had to serve the Lord. Now, I'm thankful that many of them served the Lord passionately the entirety of their life and gave their heart to the Lord in their youth. But don't think like, oh, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm just going to, I'm going to live my own way. And then when I'm old, then I'll live for God and find pleasure in it. Oh, no, it doesn't work that way. Remember your creator in the days of your youth, when the evil days come not and the years draw nigh. What is the years draw nigh? They, I, I, I'll be 50 next year. And I'm telling you, you start planning a little bit for death. Like, no, yeah. You're like, oh, I'm almost 50. I know that that's not old, but it's older than 25. At 25, I never thought of that. Some of you that are beyond 50, Brother Jimmy, you could tell me about it later. It, it, might, it might accelerate a little bit. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just saying that's the reality of life, is it not? The years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. What is that? I have no pleasure in them. I don't know, but this is what I think. When I wake up in the morning and my body hurts so bad, sometimes I'm like, Lord, this isn't fun. This isn't, it's just, it's not the same joy that it once was. I love the Lord, happy to serve him. But maybe that's what that means. I don't know that there's a definitive answer there. But then he concludes with verse number 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Now, this is inspired by God. Solomon said, after I've said everything that I have to say, here's the conclusion of the whole matter. And wisdom is found in its simplicity here. Fear God. Well, what does that mean? Fear him. What, well, what does that mean? Fear him like you would fear standing before a judge. Well, I heard God's only love. Well, God is love. But he's perfect justice. And he meets out perfect justice. And so he has to be feared. That's so why we just can't do our own thing because it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. 
Well, God's never angry. Oh, no, God's angry at sin, and God's angry at me sometimes because of the sin in my own heart and life. Fear God. If you fear God, you won't, you won't cross the line. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole or the entire duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Whole duty of man. Well, surmised or inserted parenthetically, maybe, if you will, in this is, as I said earlier, a lot of, it's all truth, but there's some great truths that are very helpful. And in chapter 3, verse number 1, there is a very helpful truth to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Tonight, I'm going to spend the next 40-ish minutes helping you to prepare to make Christmas the most wonderful time of the year. Now, some people might say, well, why would we do that in church? Because if nobody teaches you how to do it, you probably aren't going to do it. And you say, well, will this be all-encompassing? There's no way that something like this will be all-encompassing. But I just feel burdened as a pastor to help some of our families and some of our single folks to have a wonderful time of year. Truth be told, the Christmas season is often very disappointing. Somebody said to me one time that the Christmas season, there's more suicides in the Christmas season than any other time of year. That is not true. Actually, the highest suicide rate in the United States, at least, is in the month of January. And most psychologists and sociologists believe that the reason for that is people go through the Christmas season season hoping for a great time. They're disappointed. And then January is a time of grave discouragement that unfortunately ends in some people ending their own life. And what a terrible tragedy that is. And so we... I just want to be a help, want to be a blessing as we talk about 17 things. Now, for me to talk about 17 things in 40 minutes is not shy of a miracle. So we're recording this tonight to have evidence that there is still a God on the throne, all right? I get that. Some of you don't believe me, but let's get into it. How are we going to make Christmas the most wonderful time of the year? Number one, you need a plan for the holidays to ensure that your family is loved and memories are made. You need a plan for the holidays to ensure your family is loved and memories are made. Now, in a lot of ways, I'm a planner, but when it comes to stuff like this, this is not my natural tendency. I'm not a great planner on these type of things. My daughter, Natalie, great planner. My daughter, Judith, her life philosophy is wing it. It's kind of her life philosophy. Natalie's philosophy is, I can't spell wing it at all. She just can't. My wife and I, really, we took one of those strength assessment tests and it proved that we're both very weak in this area. So we have to work doubly hard because it's not natural for us. So if you say, well, that's just not natural for me to plan something. Okay, suck it up. You still have to plan it. What gets planned gets done. If you're like, well, it'll eventually just happen. Let me tell you, good things don't normally just happen. The natural tendency is towards disorder. We call it entropy. It's towards disorder. And, And nothing really good happens over an extended period of time if there is not some sort of a plan. So make a plan for the holidays and ensure that your family is loved and memories are made. Now, those of you, how many have been married less than 10 years? 
Wow, that's a good number. So you've been married less than 10 years. You really have to, you have the privilege right now of working free of tradition. How many have been married more than 10 years? Yeah, we, we kind of have some traditions, don't we? It's like, oh, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do this. Oh, we tried that. That was an absolute failure. Uh, we tried this. It was a great success. And, and you get to build off that. But when you're young, you have a wonderful opportunity to try a variety of things. Enjoy the planning. Enjoy the planning. Plan. Make plans for the holiday to ensure that your family, whether you have children or not. Some people say you're a family after you have kids. I will tell you you're a family as soon as you say I do. And so, men, you need to make sure that you have a plan to make sure your wife is loved and memories are made. And ladies, you need to have a plan to make sure your husband is loved and memories are made. And that's not necessarily in big, expensive gifts. It's just making a plan for making sure that they feel loved. Number two, ensure that Jesus remains first in all that you do. It's not a cliche. Jesus really is the reason for the season. It's Christmas. It's the birth of Christ. It's his birthday. Now, some people often want to argue, like, when do you think Jesus was born? I think there's enough ample evi- enough evidence to prove that Jesus was born in December, or there's enough evidence to por- prove Jesus was born in the springtime. You say, well, which one do you think it is? It's one of them. I can't say for sure, and neither can anyone else with absolute certainty, but what we can say is that we rejoice in the opportunity to celebrate his birth. And I'm not going to argue at all about when he was born. Uh, You can have your opinion. Praise the Lord for that even. I hope you don't make that a big deal. Uh, But uh, we need to remember that Jesus is first. The Bible says in John chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus said this, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. This is a time to lift Jesus up. This is a time to make Jesus famous. This might be the first time, this year might be the first time you've ever invited someone to church. Great, good, end the year right, invite people to church. On the back table, there's flyers, there's door hangers, and we've ordered more. You did such a great job taking the little four-by-four postcards. We've ordered more. They'll be here, I think, Wednesday, if I remember right, Uh, and uh, you did a great job on that, but grab some flyers, put them around your neighborhood, invite people that you work with to come. Jesus is the reason for the season. Make all church outreach this Saturday a part of your Christmas tradition. Don't make it a part. So here's what I would do. Um, um, if, if Debbie was a breakfast person, this is what we would do. Uh, and neither of us are, so we're totally in agreement there. But uh, maybe, maybe take the kids out for some hot chocolate and some Christmas pastries and get them really amped up and then, then, then take them on outreach and let them have a good time on outreach and then take them to chase reindeer in the mountains or something. I don't know. But figure out something to do to make it a, a special part of your family tradition. There's all kinds of things on Saturday, on, uh, for Christmas on Saturday afternoons. that You could just take them and be a part of it. But, but keep Christ first in all that you do. The, the unfortunate reality sometimes, listen to what I'm about to say. The unfortunate reality sometimes is that Christ is an afterthought when it comes to Christmas. Oh, we got to go to church because it's Christmas Eve. We have so long forgotten 
just in the busyness of the moment, and I'm not being critical of anyone, I, I struggle with the same thing. We've got so many things going on that if, we, if we're not intentional about it, Christ ceases to be first at Christmas. Number three, ensure that your family is giving generously during the holidays. Ensure that your family is giving generously during the holidays. Debbie and I always want to make the biggest gift of the year that we give to Jesus. It's, it's his birthday. We want to keep him first. There are other people that might have needs. There's some underprivileged people we're going to help this year. There, there's some people in our church community that need some financial help this year. There, there's some people. There's some people in this room who could give. Let, let's just throw out a number: ten thousand dollars, and it wouldn't affect your life one iota. Other than changing numbers on a page, wouldn't affect your quality of life at all. You said, "Are you telling me God wants me to give ten? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying make sure that you give extravagantly this year to the cause of Christ, to help other people, to minister to the church, to be a part of the Christmas giving offering. Find your greatest joy in giving. <laughs> I'm often surprised because I, I go through and I and we track the giving because I think the health of a church is often tied to its giving. I think the health of the church is tied to its giving. Obviously, the health of your own spiritual walk is, is tied to your giving. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So the health of the church is tied to your giving. Obviously, that would have to be the case. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm saddened many times when I see that around Christmas time, people will often stop giving. They'll stop giving. So they rob from the Lord to buy a gift for someone that they're probably going to re-gift anyway. That, that ought to convict us. That ought to challenge us, if you will. Number four, number four, avoid debt. Proverbs 22.7 says, The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Avoid debt. Avoid it. For like 10 months out of the year, I don't have TV. And I don't watch commercials anyway when I have it. But I, for reasons related to Gonzaga University being number one in basketball, and they lost the other night, but I, and they, they lost to the Duke Blue Devils who is their Duke is Debbie's favorite team. And I just want to remind you, Debbie roots for the devil. <laughs> but for reasons related to that, I got YouTube TV and I'm like, it's bowl season. Gonzaga's number one. I want to watch some games. I can cancel any time. That's what they say. And because of that, I've seen a few commercials I, I, for like all year, 10 months, I had no problem with anything. I felt like my life was super content. And then I start watching commercials and I suddenly need to buy a Ford truck. I don't even like trucks. 
No, don't yell at me for not liking trucks. If you like them, great. It's not an indictment against trucks. It's not my thing. But, but I suddenly I'm like, man, I probably need to get me a truck, you know. I don't know, because I need to find it on the road dead or something. I don't know. I just need a truck. And, and, and I was like, Lord, why do I suddenly need this or want this in my own heart? Why am I struggling with this? Oh, I've been watching people who don't know me tell me what I need in order to be satisfied with where God has me in life. I tell you, maybe letting your kids have unfettered access to the internet and watching things that constantly tell them their life is not meaningful and valued until they have a certain whatever, makeup product, clothing product, tennis shoe, whatever the case may be. And I'm not against those things. Don't get me wrong. I'm just simply saying that sometimes we feed into this mentality that we need more than we really have. And around Christmas season, it's very easy for people to go into debt in order to do that. Don't go into debt. They say, well, if I don't go into debt, I'm not going to be able to get people a gift. Well, if they really love you, they probably don't care whether, you not, whether or not you got them another package of Ginsu knives this year. How many of you are old enough to remember Ginsu knives? I thought that was a funny line and nobody got it, so sorry. Avoid debt. Seriously, just don't go into debt. Whatever the need is, there's no gift important enough that you need to be paying it off for the next year. Some people say, look what I got my kid. Did you get that for your kids? Or did you in the bank get that for your kids at 20% interest amortized annually? So that $100 product before you pay it off is now going to be a $140 product. So you have a 40% increase of that because it's going to take you two years to pay that off. Just avoid debt. Avoid it. And don't be discouraged if you don't have giant presents under the tree. Your kids won't remember them anyway. Debbie and I have been saving up money, and we're redecorating our house into a mid-century theme. It looks we, we want it to look like the 60s and 70s when you walk in our house. And if you don't like it, I don't care. If you say anything, I won't invite you over. Because, I, I mean, it just doesn't matter. I want it to feel like my childhood when I walk in my house without the orange shag carpet. So we don't have that. It's mid-century modern is our theme. And... Um, We've, we've taken things that people have given us over the years and we've been giving them away to folks over, all over the place because it doesn't fit what we're trying to do and we're trying to simplify our lives a little bit. And we'll often go into debt to buy things that it's six months to a year later we're giving away to someone or we're offering it on offer up for like $4.25. Found these shoes at Walmart three years ago for sale, 75 cents. Serious inquiries only. Oh, my word. Be careful. Number five, have a thick skin. Have a thick skin. Turn with me in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Verse number 1. Philippians 2.1, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own thing, but every man also on the things of others. Can I tell you that this should be a passage that you pray over regularly, especially during this 
stressful time of year. What do you mean pray over it? Well, this is maybe how I would pray over it. And I'll be teaching on this starting the new, in the new year, how to pray over the scripture. Uh, there be any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the spirit, any bowels and mercies. Fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded. Lord, help me to fulfill your joy that I would be like-minded with those who are around me. Lord, I, I want to have the same. I want to. I want to have the same mind. I want to even have the same love. I want to. I want to think the same, Lord. I want to be unified with those who are around me. God, help me to have a spirit of unification with those who are around me. I don't want my thinking to be contrary to other folks. I don't want to be thinking opposite of other folks. Um, help me to 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 be. Uh, like-minded with those in my household and those in my church and those believers that I work with or even those people when it's, Lord, when it's not a um, issue of morality or ethics or judgment, help me even have the same mind with those folks that I work with. And Lord, let me do nothing through strife or pride or glorifying myself but help me to think low of myself and to treat my wife better than I treat myself or to treat my husband better than I treat myself. Let, let, me, let me not look on my own desires, but on the things of others. Help me to see other people in their need. You say, well, how do I know that God will answer that prayer? It's his word. It's his word. Will God answer this? Oh, absolutely God will answer that. You might have to pray it 15 times. But some of you, I can already tell, I already know the people that will be calling me this Christmas season because you've had fights with family. Well, they just, vainglory. Maybe you should just pray some preventative prayer. Have a thick skin. Have some skin that is able to take it. It's okay to walk away. Not from your families, but just from the conflict. Okay, Lord, I'm just going to walk away. Tried to have a conversation, didn't go well. Okay, Lord. All right. Have thick skin. I'm amazed at the thin-skinnedness of some people who are in their 50s and 60s. And then the justification of that. You can't justify that. The Christmas season is one of the most difficult seasons of the year because we didn't get what we wanted maybe under the tree. Bro, go buy it yourself if you have to. But have some thick skin. Have some thick skin. If you feed your kids a bunch of sugar, expect them to act crazy. You say, well, I don't want them to act crazy. Then be gentle on the amount of garbage you feed them. But have thick skin. This is the time of year to have it. Some of you are going to be around family members. My parents are coming to town. Praise the Lord. I can't wait to see them. <sighs> Y'all thought I was just coming up with a prayer. That's been my prayer. <laughs> My in-laws are coming to town. Oh, my soul. 
It's going to be a blessing. My wife's family and my family. Uh, Debbie and I are leaving on the 26th of December. While my in-laws are still in town and my parents are still in town, they're like, I can't believe you're leaving. Well, you came, I'm gone. <laughs> no, I'm kidding a little bit, but we, I mean, we really are. It's our anniversary, but um, have some thick skin. Have thick skin. Number six, number six, check local, light, uh, local guides for what's uh, going to make a fun holiday plan for the family. Check local guys, guides, I can talk tonight, for what's going uh, on to make uh, fun holiday plans for your family. What's going on in the community? Now, on the back table, we have some. This is not all-encompassing. And um, coronavirus has changed some things, and there's that new variant that everybody's talking about, and we're prayerfully it's nothing uh, of grave consequence, but you never know how people are going to act. But as of yesterday afternoon... All of these things were still active, and we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and that's just uh, eleven that we felt would that I thought would be fun. You might not like any of these, and there's other things to do. Do them, and then on the other side, there's a place to see Christmas lights in San Diego, and um, use it or go on the internet and find something that you really enjoy doing, but. But make sure that you have some fun holiday plans for, for your family. We, we were talking last night as we put up, after we put up the Christmas tree, like favorite memories, because our kids are older now, 25 and 23, and favorite memories. And then the, Emily and Millie were there, and we were just talking about memories that we had as children, and, and they were talking about different memories that they had. And Debbie and I were talking about different memories that they had. You, you, you don't lose the memory, but you do lose the G.I. Joe. Love G.I. Joes, by the way. But check local guides. See what you can do and see what you can do for free. It's good to do things for free. We will have this year. we got to figure out the date. But it's just a free stupid staff thing that we do. The polar bear plunge. Now, if you're from the Northeast, we don't, want to, we don't care that you're like, well, where I'm from, we have to break the ice to do that. You live in the wrong place. My family's there. Tell them to move. But we will, we'll get in the ocean here and we'll have a, it's a fun memory that is fun for me and nobody else. And uh, Zane will take over. Trey Williams and I enjoyed it. Nobody else did. Bernie cried the whole time, but then he's always a good sport and does it. But that's always just a good free memory for us to have. I, I just enjoy those times of, uh, of making that. If you want to do that with us, let us know and we'll invite you. You can come. Uh, my wife even does it. It's the one time of year where she'll get her head under the water. Um, we bring a snorkel for her, but whatever, it'll be fine. And uh, we, have a, we have a great time. Number seven, you need to carve out times for sacred events and experiences to build family traditions that are fun and point to Jesus. Now, in years past, I've always waited till like the second week of December to teach this. Um, and I've taught this, I think, three times in the history of our church. The last time was 2018. A lot's changed since then. But the more that's changed, the more I want to say that there is an absolute importance for you to carve out time for sacred events and experiences. To build traditions that are fun and point to Jesus. Some of the things that you ought to point out to your family. Um, I wouldn't miss carols at the ridge. 
which is uh, two weeks from tonight, where we're just gonna we're just gonna sing Christmas carols. We'll read the Christmas story. Uh, we'll have a good time. We'll sing and read the Christmas story for about twenty five minutes. The lights will be dimmed in here. It'll be a fun time. We always enjoy it, and then we'll have a time of a fellowship outside. Well, why do we do that? Well, because we have some people that that are gonna be working over the Christmas season, that are gonna be traveling over the Christmas season, and so we want them to be able to enjoy those opportunities. And, 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 and that's super important to me that we would build some traditions into our church like Carol's at the Ridge. Put up a Christmas tree. Drink some hot chocolate. Give some handmade crafts to people that are under your influence or who are maybe your bosses or maybe a special note of appreciation. Just, just build some traditions that are that are fun and enjoyable. Build some traditions that are fun and enjoyable. <laughs> Number eight, dads, don't let the stress of the holidays, including money, cause you to be grumpy with your wife or the kids. Don't let the stress of the holiday, including money, cause you to be grumpy. Determine right now you're not going into debt. Determine right now a budget. Debbie and I gave our daughters the biggest Christmas gift we will ever give them in their life. Matter of fact, it's for the next 12 years. We didn't tell them that, but it's for the next 12 years. I'm kidding, it's probably not. But we, we sat down and we came up with a budget, Debbie and I did, and we were quite excited to be able to do that for them and, and excited it's gonna be a huge family memory. And, and, but we're not doing anything over that. That's where our budget is. And we're excited about that. We're okay with that. Don't let the stress of the holidays, including money, cause you to be grumpy with your wife or the kids. So, Dad, how's your joy? How's your joy? Mom, how's your joy? Work hard at being happy. Ladies often stress out over events and the thoughts of keeping up with somebody else and they're better Christmas cookie maker than me. I'm looking at the crowd. We don't really probably need a lot of Christmas cookies. Just thinking. Maybe you need a Christmas carrot <laughs> or Christmas celery, including, I mean, come on. Yeah, just got out of Thanksgiving. Holy cow. Why can't Thanksgiving be in April? We have enough time to recover, but it's not. So here we go. Turn to Colossians chapter 1, verse number 9. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 9. The Bible says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, did not cease to pray for you, and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that ye might walk worthy unto the Lord and to all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's my prayer for you. That ought to be your prayer for others, that we would walk worthy of the Lord and to all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, everything we do for the Lord, that there would be fruit that abounds, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering. And notice this phrase, with joyfulness. God wants you to be joyful. God expects you to be joyful. It was C.S. Lewis who said, Satan's greatest advertisement is a grouchy believer. Be joyful. 
Be a joyful Christian. Well, things aren't working out well. Joy is not dependent on circumstances. Joy is dependent on our Savior. And, and I know that can sound almost cliche-ish, but it's really not. It, it, joy is dependent on what God has done. So we want to be joyful in all that we do. You're not going to be really joyful if you're stressed out all the time. Maybe some of you need to work out so you can get the stress out. No, you didn't hear what I said. Some of y'all need to work out so you can get the stress out. The reason you're amped up all the time is you don't, have, you don't ever really labor physically. Well, my doctor told me I never should work out. Please fire him. God created you to work. Now, it might be different than what I do. Hopefully it is. You don't want that. It's just we're stupid. But it might be different than what I do, but it ought to be something well, we're going to go on a we're going to go on a half mile walk. That's great if you're in your nineties. We just we just walked down to the bakery and got us a couple donuts and back. There's our exercise of the day. What? Come on! If you're going to do it, do it. Where are you going to walk? Walk every hill in Bay Park if you need to, but do something just to make the day better. Anyway, that message is for January. <laughs> Number nine, give experience and not just gifts. What special memories can you make this holiday season? What special memories are you going to make this holiday season? I would submit to you that it, memories are far more important than things. Memories are far more important than things. For years, Debbie and I, we, we've given our daughters smaller gifts and bigger experiences. We've tried to take trips together. We've tried to go places. And, you know, we're older now and life is, is a little bit, um, we have a little bit more money than we had when we were younger. But when we were younger, um, I can remember, oh, I didn't remember this, but Judith talked about her memory last night that she shared was going to the safari park when they had the big Christmas event at night when all the animals were asleep. And it was, there was no point in it, really. But she's like, there was hot chocolate and face painting, and it was a lot of fun for little kids. And that was, that's a great memory for her. Natalie's like, did we go to the safari park? And I'm thinking, we went to the safari park. And Debbie's like, I don't remember. I'm like, I do. It was like prison, but in the safari park. It was... But Judith loved it. And so we tried to have a good time with it. I didn't enjoy it, but it was a great memory for her. I, you say, what did you enjoy? I, my favorite memories were like when we'd get in the car and go look at lights and we would just sing Christmas carols as a family. To me, those were really fun events. Now, it might not, nobody else in the family might like it. That's totally fine. That's why, that's why it's a joy to do different things because your kids might find different things fun. Might be meaningful to different kids. That's okay. That's a wonderful thing. I can remember one year we spent hundreds of dollars going to a fancy meal, going to the Nutcracker. It was awesome. Nobody last night mentioned that. I wanted a refund. I mean, we, we spent a lot of money. I saved up a long time for that Christmas event. And not one of the ladies that have lived with me their entire life, the two of them, or Debbie, most of her life were like, oh, remember when you spent all that money and we went to the Nutcracker and we went to that real fancy restaurant and all of that? No, not, not a single one. That's okay because it's a memory for me. I remember what my bank account used to look like. That's what I remember. But it's a memory nonetheless. So build some special memories. 
Hey, dads, understand something. I'm not old, but I'm, I'm, I'm on track for it. I wish that there was a lot of things I could redo with my kids. And nothing, none of it has to do with giving them stuff. Not a single thing has to do with giving them stuff. I don't sit over in the corner going, man, I just, I just wish I would have bought them more makeup. I wish I would have bought them more clothes. No, sometimes it's tears to my eyes that I didn't spend enough time with them. And I think you could spend all the time in the world with them and still probably think that. But I'm like, I wish I would have, have really made uh, a diligent effort to make the holiday season um, a little more memorable when they were younger. We were trying to survive and, and, and all of that. But in planting a church, and life was a little bit different than it was, than it is now. But I don't regret not giving them stuff. The, the, the regrets, and every parent lives with regrets. Those of you that are younger, you'll have them. You'll look back going, man, I wish I would have done this. Can I tell you, it's the experiences. Number 10, you need to manage the extended family and friends during the holidays. You need to manage the extended family and friends during the holiday. Now, listen to what I'm about to say. And that's with my in-laws coming and my parents coming. All right, and my sister and brother-in-law live in here. You're going to have to figure out at times you have to say no to people. There's just sometimes you have to say no. Hey, you want to come over? I'm sorry, we can't. We can't. Oh, pastor, that'll make my parents upset. Makes mine upset too. But sometimes for the benefit of my family that I'm responsible for, I have to say no to family I'm not responsible for. Now, I don't want to do that. I want to manage that well, and I want to do the best that I can. I want to spend as much time with my parents as I possibly can. But there are sometimes it might add undue stress. So I have to manage those things well, and you have to manage them well. And I would tell my parents and in-laws, you have to manage that well as well. There are sometimes you just have to say no. We as a church have worked diligently. We have all church outreach this Saturday. Please be here for that. We have a couple of Christmas parties on, I think it's Wednesday night the 15th. And matter of fact, we canceled church to have them on Wednesday night the 15th so that we could just have Christmas parties. The ladies will be at our house. The youth group, I think Zane said, is like robbing a bank or something. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, I, matter of fact, I don't know. I just heard from Judith and Bernardo that it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but Bernardo, when he says fun, normally it means something's going to break and cost us a lot of money. Uh, so teenagers, make sure that you invite your friends. It's going to be awesome. And, um, we're, we're, you're, you're, we're going to have fun. We, we've tried to include some special things on service nights, right? I understand this is a busy time of year and I don't want something on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. We've curtailed the trail life calendar. Why? Because this is a busy time of year. And we set aside our service times for caroling because we want you to invest in your family and your friends. But there are times when you have to manage that a little bit so that there's not a tremendous amount of unnecessary stress. We all have stress in our life and it's necessary for our development and growth. But we don't need unnecessary stress. Number 11, I don't like this one because my daughters are older. Dad, you need to schedule a big Christmas daddy-daughter date with your daughter. 
What big plans for McDonald's are you taking them on? Now, here's what I have. What's your big plan for the fancy daddy date? What's your big plan for that? Your daughters need to know they're the most valued women in your life other than your wife. Where are you going to take them? Now that my daughters are older, it costs more. Keep them young. <laughs> I remember they'd come home, Mama, we, we, got, we got our own McNuggets this time. <laughs> we got to share a big soda with Daddy. <laughs> now it's going to be a little bit different and cost me a lot. And I, you know what? I'm going to pay it and I'm going to love doing it. I want to I treat my daughters in such a way that whatever loser wants to marry them <laughs> understands I've set a high bar. Now, because I'm a person of grace and I don't talk trash, <laughs> it might be just kind of a family thing, but it might get out that I provided way better for my daughters than he did. It... it I don't believe in tattoos, but it might be even tattooed somewhere on my daughter. So every time he sees her, he knows, hey, my father-in-law was better to her than I am. You say, well, don't you think that'll make him feel inferior? Well, I sure hope so. <laughs> I'm kidding there. But I do want my daughters to know that, that their dad loves them and cares for them. So we've got some planning to make. Dads, if you have sons, you need to special, special some guy time with your sons. Well, my sons are young. Schedule it. Now, I, I, I've never had boys, but I can only imagine that it would be a little bit easier. You could tell them, like, son, we're going to go do man things. What are we going to do? We're going to go to a park. What are we going to do at the park? Just come with me. They come with you. You make some mud pies, and you throw them at each other. Like, this is what men do. And then you go home and show mom how dirty you are, and uh, it's a great time. Now, I don't know if that's true, but that's what Zane does with his boys, and it seems, they seem to have a lot of fun. But whatever the case may be, you need to have some fun with your sons. This needs to be a special time with your sons. Maybe you take them on a long hike and you bring them back and you eat red meat, copious amounts of it. Why? Because that's what men do. Can I get an amen? And we talk about the virtues of being carnivores and the problem of being pescatarian or vegetarian or God forbid vegan. The Bible says, teach your children well. Is the Bible or Peter, Paul, and Mary? I'm not sure which one. <sighs> Number 13, get your house de decorated for Christmas, even if you're single. Even if you're single. That'll change over the years probably a little bit. Debbie and I, it changes this year, we put our tree up last night because Natalie was home. I don't really enjoy it. I enjoy putting the tree up, but the tree's going to be up now over a month. Normally, I like it like three or four days, but Natalie was home. So we wanted her to feel special and be a part of it. I was voting like, Nat, you don't really care. She's like, oh, Dad, I really care. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I'll take you to a better date if we don't have to do this right now. She goes, no, McDonald's is fine. Can I get my own McNuggets? So 
Seriously, get your house decorated. Number 14, ensure that holiday smells and sounds are in your house when you walk in. Make sure, I mean, that if you've been home for a while, that it, it smells, I don't know, like gingerbread or chocolate chip cookies or pine needles or whatever. But make sure it doesn't smell like Rufus. And is there Christmas music on your phone being played? The smell of cookies and cider really ought to be in your house. Make sure they're diet cookies. For some of you, they're gluten-free, vegan-free, flavor-free cookies, but get some cookies. Number 15, settle up and watch some fun, fun Christmas shows together with the kids, especially the little ones. Is your DVR set? Or whatever device you use. Starting today, today was the start date. At our family, we can only watch Christmas movies and sporting events. I'm going to be reading a lot. <laughs> but snuggle up and watch some fun shows. Take the family on a drive to see Christmas lights while listening to music and sipping cider or hot chocolate or stop after you're done and get some or whatever. Map that out. Dad, help your wife get the kids' rooms decorated. Our kids always, well, I think probably from the time you were, what, five, six, seven years old up, uh, we had Christmas trees in their rooms. Just a special time. And, and dads, help your moms get the kids' rooms decorated. As they get older, let them do it. Let them do it to their heart's content. Get them a small tree and some smells. Dads, you need to pray about Jesus and pray with and over your kids. Spend some extra time this year thinking about the incarnation of Christ. Now, we as Christians celebrate the resurrection more than we do Christmas, but as a culture, we celebrate Christmas more than we do the resurrection. This ought to be a time when we thank God for the incarnation of Christ because God so loved the world that he gave us, us obviously I added, gave us his only begotten son. God gave us Jesus Christ. God sent Jesus from heaven to earth to die for the sin of mankind. The Bible says he was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God knew that Jesus would die for your sin and mine. There was no doubt at all what was going to happen. You say, you know, do you think they were, do you think Jesus was surprised they didn't accept him? No, he knew. He knew very well, but he gave people an opportunity to accept him and he was rejected. Spend some time with your kids, praying with them and over them. By over them, I don't mean physically over them. That would be weird. But just praying. I, I think sometimes you ought to pray and talk to God more about your kids than you do to your kids about God. Though I think you do definitely need to talk to your kids about God. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is very clear about that. To teach them diligently when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. But can I say there's, there's, a, there's power in praying the scripture over your children. And the older I get, the more that I do that. I'm praying for my kids. So spend some time in prayer and talking with your kids about the things of God. And if your kids are three or four years old, you probably don't need to pull out a theology book, but you just need to tell them that God loved them and sent Jesus from heaven to earth and he was born a baby so that he could one day die for your sin and mine. Dads, do your pastoral work in, in caring for your kids and your wife this year. And some of the ladies in our church that are single, 
Some of this falls on you, and I want you to know that I pray for you, and I pray for your kids, and some of you that, that are single, and, and you're not single moms, you're just single, and God has not yet brought a man into your life. I know that at times you're like, oh, man, I, I wish that, that uh, I had somebody to share this with. Can I tell you? You do, and his name is Jesus. I'm not trying to be trite. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and he's a friend that sticks closer than a man. He's your ever-loving Savior. Let this be a season that draws you close to him. Don't be discouraged. I'm just talking to our single folks right now. If a family invites you over for Christmas, don't sulk and not go. 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 I know the tendency. Well, I don't want to be the fifth wheel. Well, that'd make for a cool-looking car. Just go. They invite you because they want you there. I'm not, I'm not saying that to be funny. I mean, a little bit. But, but go. Enjoy the people that God has brought into your life. If you'll steward these relationships well, you'll be so happy. If, now, I, I can't guarantee that God's bringing anybody for anybody. I don't know that. I'm not a prophet and neither is anyone else. But I will tell you this, that, that it could just be that, that God wants you to steward these relationships well to draw you closer to him. So don't be lazy, don't be selfish. I'm talking to everybody now. Don't be grumpy. Don't dump around through the holidays on your spouse. Don't get mad because she didn't get you the fountain pen you always wanted. I'm kidding. I've got plenty. Don't, don't, don't be anything other than a Christ-like servant and joyful follower of Jesus Christ this year. Make Christmas the most wonderful time of the year. Thank you for listening. Hear more messages anytime at CanyonRidgeBaptist.com. If you're in the San Diego area, please join us for a service. We meet on Sundays at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 5 o'clock p.m. We look forward to seeing you.